Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boaters Extra Podcast. Following Thursday's in-state rivalry between Purdue and Indiana at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Uh, as you know, the Hoosiers prevailed 68-65 to 65, uh, in a game that was pretty close <laughs> in a, in a, uh, in a charged atmosphere down in Bloomington. Um, really great environment. Um, obviously IU fans were hyped for the game, looking to break a nine game losing streak to Purdue. Um, and to me, this is, this is pretty simple. You know, in some games, there's some complicated things that, that happen as far as, you know, coaches do that, this, coaches do that. Um, but to me, this was a uh, pretty simple why Purdue lost this game. Um, you know, Indiana, you know, Indiana did a good job. Uh, Indiana players step up. Robert Finnessy, as you know, is from McCutcheon and, uh, and Lafayette native. But, you know, you're listening to this thing because uh, of the Purdue angle, okay? Here, here's why Purdue lost this game. They lost this game because of 10 turnovers in the first half. Okay, that's a that's really uh, an ungodly number that that can't happen. And for those turnovers from Travion Williams, um, so it wasn't a a guard issue per se. It was um, it just there was it, Purdue was sloppy with the ball. Uh, I, I did think Indiana's defense was uh, was engaged and made made life difficult for Purdue offensively, especially the last. 10 minutes of the first half, but, you know, the 10 turnovers were just, you know, they killed Purdue, didn't give them, you know, it's 10 less shots that they had, uh, and it kind of killed them offensively. The other reason why Purdue lost is they missed 10 free throws for the game. Uh, They were 6 of 12 in the second half. Uh, I believe they started the game 4 of 11, Uh, and each one they missed in the second half just seemed like a big one because it would have got them within one possession or it would have tied the game or would have maybe gave given them the lead and then late you're you're missing free throws front and ones um so i mean that's that's another reason purdue lost this game uh, a third reason purdue lost this game uh absolutely no production from the bench now granted they didn't get a lot of minutes but Purdue's bench has, is averaging, I believe, 31.8 points a game. Now, some of those come in, in, have come in blowout situations earlier in the year where Travion was coming off the bench, Mason uh, Gillis was coming off the bench. Uh, but Purdue's bench has been strong. Purdue, Purdue's bench, even in Big Ten play, you're getting production from the bench. You know, it's the reason why Purdue's ten deep. You're getting, you're getting points from your bench. But Purdue got four tonight, and and to be and to be perfectly honest, two of those came when Race Thompson tipped in a ball, and it was credited to Caleb first. So in essence, Purdue got two points off its bench. You know, Race Thompson gets an own goal for that. So Purdue got really zero offensive production from its bench, which, again. Is not something that we've seen this year, but it's a reason why uh, Purdue lost this game because 
while they're missing free throws, while they're turning over the ball, nobody else is stepping up. You're leaning, you're, you're leaning on basically Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady to win this game for you. You know, Mason Gillis had a nice second half. Uh, Isaiah Thompson hit some hit some baskets in the first half, but you're, you're basic. You know, basically, you you went back to your five starters down the stretch for most of the game, other than subbing in Edie and and, and Travion. But the the strength of this team is its depth, and tonight that depth did not show up from an offensive standpoint, and that's that's a reason why they lost this game. Another reason they lost this game is, again, they allowed uh, one player from the other team to have a career night. Remember Ron Harper Jr. against, uh, for Rutgers, 30 points. The game winner, half court, ball game over. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, 37 points. You know, help, help Wisconsin pull away late in the game. Tonight, Robert Fennessey, 17 points in the first half. Scored 13 points during one stretch. I mean, he took over the game. I mean, he did. He did what I saw him do as a freshman at McCutcheon against Logan Sport in the second half um, of a game in December of his freshman year. Uh, Rick Peck and Paul put him in the game um, in the second half, and I think McCutcheon was down. I want to say they were down 20. And this little point guard comes in and just took over the game. He scored. He passed. He did everything. And McCutcheon ended up winning that game. By, you know, I think they they won it going away. But he did that in the first half tonight. He did that. He had steals. Um, he hit threes. Uh, he got to the rim. He made passes. Uh, he 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 put Indiana on his back, and this is all with Trace Jackson Davis sitting on the bench with two fouls. You know, Purdue's playing early, as it was Monday against Kofi Coburn, was get the guy in foul trouble, get him to the bench, and what happens? Jackson Davis picks up two fouls. He goes to the bench. Purdue did not take advantage of that situation. Again, I don't. I don't think they really took advantage of the situation Monday. Uh, but Purdue didn't. You know, Purdue was not able to stretch its eight-point lead with uh, Trace Jackson Davis out of the game um, and give you know Tennessee and Indiana a lot of credit. Um, because he he kept them in the game, he won the game for them during the first half, and then of course he ended up winning the game late with a three pointer. But he actually won the game for them in the first half. But the the trend for Purdue now is there are you know players from the other team are stepping up and having career nights, and while Purdue has made some strides here recently defensively. They're not making enough. And Purdue did switch defenders on Tennessee in the first half. Eric Hunter Jr., Jade Nivey, Ethan Morton, uh, Isaiah Thompson. But no one could keep him from scoring. No one could keep him out of the paint. And, 
you know, that's that was the deal. But Purdue has gotten in this habit. When they've lost the game, it's because somebody from the other team has enjoyed a career night. And when you get deeper into the season and when you get into tournament play, you're going to come across a team, you know, a mid-major or a team in the middle of a Power 5 conference that has a really good player, and you're going to have to control him. You're going to have to keep him from having a career night. Uh, and, and, and a guy like that, whoever that may be, can knock you out of the tournament. And it, it, it kind of goes to the larger picture here that Purdue, I, I don't want to say they're fragile, but I think what we've learned through the first, now that we've gone past the halfway part of the season, that is Purdue's not going to blow people out like they did the first five or six games. They're just... They don't have the killer instinct against really good teams to do that. Now, the other team it has a role in that. But my point is that Purdue was considered a great team at the beginning of the year. They played great at the beginning of the year. I think we all can agree that they are just a good team right now. They're a good team that can still win the Big Ten. They're a good team that can uh, make a run in the tournament. But they are not at the great level. Because great teams don't do what they did tonight. Or if they do what they did tonight, they figure out a way to win the game. By, you know, not missing not throwing up an air ball from five feet up to late when you got a chance to extend the lead to four and basically put the game away. You don't miss free throws late. You may miss them during the game, but you don't miss them late. Um, so Purdue is not, and you know, this is something that has probably developed over time. I mean, they're just not a great team. They're a good team. And there may not be a great team in the Big Ten this year. You know, I think there are a lot of good teams. I think there's four teams that are going to fight this thing out to win the championship. But, you know, Purdue's a good team, still win the Big Ten. But right now they're not a great team because they have not shown signs of being a great team. You know, again, great teams overcome the turnovers. Great teams make those shots. Great teams hit the important free throws. Uh, and Purdue did this Monday. Purdue made made numerous plays Monday to put away Illinois. So it's there. But they didn't do it tonight. So that reeks of some inconsistencies with this team. And we've you know we've seen the inconsistencies with this team. Um, and, you know, and it's a very very small margin for error. They they don't have they don't have a lot of leeway right now. Even though they, they have a very talented team, they don't have a lot of leeway. A lot of things, more things have to go right for them than go wrong because they're, right now they cannot overcome the bad things that happen. Whether that's breakdowns defensively, uh, whether that's, you know, the missed free throws, the turnovers, the lack of bench production. Um, they, they, right now they can't, they cannot overcome that. And whether they can get to that point where they can overcome things like that, that would elevate them. 
but you know, right now they're just a good basketball team that has some talent that when they play well together and they are engaged on both sides of the floor, offensively and defensively, that they can they can be a, a, a special team. But you know, they're not they're not there. And I don't know if they'll get there. And then, you know, and you, you know, again, you try to keep things in some sort of perspective here because three days ago they were beating Illinois, and they did it by doing all the things they didn't do tonight. So it's there, uh, but they have to be consistent about it. And I really thought the Illinois game should have kind of created a pathway for them to. To kind of get on a roll, you know, and when they're when they're up sixteen to eight in against IU, you you've got to extend that. And you know, we've talked about that before, where I just don't see that that killer instinct um, from Purdue right now. I just don't, you know, I don't I don't see it. Yeah, you can bury Nebraska. And, you know, to be honest, Purdue should bury Northwestern uh, on Sunday. And they'll, they'll bury some other teams at home. But you're not going to face Nebraska. You're not going to face Northwestern when you get in the NCAA tournament. And, I, you know, I think Purdue has the capability of, of really elevating its play and becoming an elite team. But ever since probably the start of the Big Ten season, and I'm going back to December, you know, when they let the 19-point lead against Iowa slip away, and then they lost at Rutgers, and then they, they got off to a slow start against North Carolina State. You know, ever since then, this, is not, this has not been an elite team. Um... And the one in the one area that I thought Purdue would be really, really strong at was scoring. I really, you know, I, I knew the numbers would drop in the Big Ten. I mean, you're not going to average 90 points a game in the Big Ten. You're not. That's not feasible. But you know, when you look at Purdue's last two games in regulation, they have 65 tonight. They had 69 against Illinois. You know, Nebraska doesn't. They're not factoring into this equation, but if you if you go through the Big Ten season and the standpoint what Purdue has done or not done, 77 points against Iowa, but that's they were on their way to probably a 90 point game before turnovers in the press made that a closer game than it should have been. Um, then Rutgers they they score under 70. Then you jump back into Big Ten play, the 69 against Wisconsin. They, they get 74 against Penn State. And I'm trying to go through the schedule here. You know, they don't play Michigan. Um, you know, then they hit, they score over 90 against Nebraska. But that doesn't, that doesn't really count. And then these last two games. You know, the, the one thing that I would, be that that uh, you know there's several things that probably concern 
everyone about this team. But the, the one thing that does concern me is the uh, the offensive production, not being able to get to seventy points. You know, and tonight you can you can look at the reasons why they didn't get to seventy: missed free throws and turnovers. You know, they had ten less they had ten turnovers in the first half. That's ten less possessions. And then you know the missed free throws, they have ten. So there's ten points they left on the board. But my point is, I just don't see this team, you know, as the team. I, I mean, I, I I thought this team would be able to outscore people. I thought this team would be uh, more productive and more consistent from the three-point line. Um, I thought that when the ball went inside, that Zach Eady and Trayvon Williams should shoot a combined. 60, 65% from the field. Uh, Travion's in a bit of a slump. Um, you know, Zach's free throw shooting has really fallen off after last year. He was he was in the game at the end of games because he could hit free throws. Um, so they're, they're leaving a lot of points off the board, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's there. It's there, but they're, they're leaving a lot of points off the board. And I think that cost them tonight. It cost them in putting away, you know, winning the Illinois game in, in, in regulation. And, you know, it's something that they've got to get straight out. They, I, 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 they have good offensive players. They really do. But for whatever reason, um, you know, they've, they've hit a bit of a, a slump. And they've got to they've got to figure out a way to get out of it. And you know the defenses are, are doing different things to them, and uh, you know challenging them more. Um, you know bringing double teams here and there. You know they don't get the open looks they got in the non-conference season, which is understandable. Um, but there, as much emphasis has been on them improving their defense. Uh, to me, a, a bigger issue is now has been just improving their offense. Uh, this team needs to average 70 to 75 points a game. And you're going to have games in the 60s. You know, you, you've had a couple here recently. But this team needs to get 70 to 75 points a game. Uh, because they're just, I, I think they're underachieving offensively when they don't go, when they don't get to 70. You know, that's just my opinion. I, I just don't think that they're, um, they're just, they're underachieving just when they don't get to 70. And IU does play good defense. The numbers back it up. It's a better defensive team than it's been, uh, in recent years. Uh, so Mike Woodson has brought that element to, to Indiana. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, it, it's not, you know, we're not in, you should not be in panic button time. I know it's a loss to Indiana, but you've beaten them nine straight times. I, I think you can, you know, it wasn't the streak was not going to last forever. Uh, so there's no no panic button. You know, they're, they're still, you know, when you look at the bigger picture of the standings in the Big Ten, they're still just two games back in the loss column of everybody. Uh, and a lot of these things are going to get sorted out because a lot of teams are going to play each other as you get into February. 
you know, Purdue still has games with Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan State and Rutgers. So there's a lot of basketball left. You know, Purdue is capable of getting on a run, getting on a winning streak. I really thought the Illinois game was going to be the start of that, though. And um, But now, you know, I think Thursday is a little bit of a step back. Not because they lost, it's kind of how they lost. And, they, they, you know, the self-inflicted wounds that they, they administered to themselves. Uh, so they've, um, you know, they've got to they've got to get some things straightened out. Um, and, you know, you know, I think they'll be fine for Sunday. Uh, but you know, going to Iowa, you know, that that's going to be a, um, you know, Keegan Murray's going to be back. You know, Keegan Murray Murray didn't play in the first game against Purdue, so he's going to be back. He can score. Um. They have a, you know, Iowa has a good team, and you know Purdue's going to be on the road. So I mean, it's going to, you know, Purdue, you know, you know, I think they're kind of reaching a point now where they need to kind of elevate themselves, kick it up into high gear, and you know, play up to their the level that they should be playing at, and. where I want to turn no I want to go one more um, I'm just talking to myself but you know tonight is is disappointing loss only because of how how the game unfolded and what Purdue did to itself to lose the game you know and again you credit IU I thought they played good defense uh, I thought um, you know obviously they had a player step up and carry the load with Fennessey, uh, you know, and you got to credit them for that. Um, you know, and they they made their plays. Uh, this is, sports is about making plays. You know, as I said, Purdue made them Monday. They didn't make them tonight. <clears throat> you know, they'll get back to it where they're making them again. But you know, they've you know they I you know the biggest takeaway is that you know they 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 missed an opportunity to kind of steal one tonight based on how the game unfolded you know they could have walked out of there with a win when they shouldn't have got one shouldn't have gotten one and despite everything that happened despite the turnovers despite the missed free throws despite Robert Fennessey going off for 17 in the first half you know Purdue had a chance to walk out of there with a win they could have stolen the game tonight they could have stolen a game a rivalry game a rivalry road game they could have stolen one tonight if they just hit you know some free throws or taking care of the ball and producing you know Purdue finds itself in these one possession games and you know as Matt Painter said earlier in the year crazy happens and crazy crazy has been happening probably too much for this team and um you know, Sunday's a chance to kind of get straight down a little bit, and then you know maybe that spring springboards them to some sort of winning streak that can uh, keep them uh, connected to the top of the uh, top of the Big Ten standings. But uh, Purdue's got to get better production from 
a lot of different areas. Areas, you know, and that includes uh, post players. Uh, that includes the bench. Um, you know, and everybody basically needs to kind of step it up and take take this team to another level because I, you know, I do think there's another level for this team. Um, that I think we saw earlier in the year, but we haven't seen it since then. And if they can get back to that, then then maybe you can use the word great with them. But it, you know, they're just a good team right now, and they've got to get some things figured out. And if they do that, they'll have an opportunity uh, later in the year to prove if they they should be uh, great or not. Uh, in case you missed it, Jaden Ivey did play with a hip flexor. Um, uh, an injury he suffered in practice, so he, he kind of gutted through that. He had 19 of his 21 uh, in the second half. Um, so you know, without him, Purdue's not in the game. Uh, he had some, he had a couple shots late. You know, the the one at the very end, the buzzer, you know, rolled in and out that would have tied the game. But he had a jumper near the baseline with uh, Purdue down one that would have given Purdue the lead with about, I'm not sure how much time was left, seven seconds, eight seconds, but he put it high off the glass in hopes that the uh, the bigs would get the rebound and uh, get the offensive rebound and put it in, uh, but that didn't happen. But, he, I mean, he had a nice, you know, a nice second half. Uh, you know, Zach Eady ended up with 12-9, and nine, Mason Gillows. Had double figures, had I think seven rebounds, uh, but again, that was the, basically the production uh, on the offensive side. And Purdue, Purdue needs to be better offensively uh, come uh, come Sunday and then next week at Iowa. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the uh, podcast for this Thursday night, Friday morning edition. Uh, Again, Purdue and Northwestern on Sunday, 1 o'clock tip-off. If you're going to the game, a reminder that they're having the wrestling uh, team versus Wisconsin at 4 o'clock. So if you're going to stick around for that, just kind of be prepared. Uh, The wrestling team, I think, is ranked 12th in the country, so they're having a good year. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe Matt Painter could use some of the wrestlers to to get things uh, going in the right direction on the basketball uh, side of things. Well, anyway, we appreciate you stopping by. Questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me up. Uh, DM, Twitter, email, uh, pigeons, however you want to communicate. Fine with me. And we'll try to get to your, your questions and your comments uh, at some point uh, on a, a future edition of the podcast. Appreciate you stopping by and have a good day.